0: was
1: a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today, filling in for Jeff Harding is my co-pilot Michelle Graves. Michelle... How are you today?
2: Hi, Kyle. I'm great.
1: Good. It's good. beautiful day. Today's a big day.
2: It is a big day. Yeah, 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. That
1: is right. Independence Day, the day when we celebrate so many good things in our lives, right?
2: Yes. Yes. So
1: today, in addition to, uh, you know, the freedom and, you know, just remembering those who have sacrificed for us to have the, the freedoms that we have today. Today is also one of the biggest barbecuing days of the year.
2: I know. You do know you, that, right? Do you watch the hot dog eating contest? I must say that's the highlight <laughs> of my I, year.
1: I don't watch it like as, it's, as as an annual event, but I've seen it before. Okay. Like, I know it's a big deal. It's a big and deal. And it's incredible how many hot dogs they can put down at that level.
2: And kind of disgusting. And kind of disgusting, yeah. <laughs> Which makes for good TV. Makes
1: <laughs> for good TV, for sure. Well, Michelle, many of our listeners might be right in the middle of a barbecue right now. But nevertheless, I want to talk just a little bit about grilling. Oh. Is that okay?
2: I love barbecue. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I Let's like I like to it. grill. I don't, don't I, tell me it's bad though. Well, so
1: <laughs> I think you're gonna like this. I think okay. you're gonna like this I don't I don't I do like to grill, it's something I like to do. I don't always take the time to do it, especially in the middle of the summer in St. George, Utah. It's pretty hot to be standing outside by a grill. But it's something that I enjoy. But that being said, recently I've been reading about how grilling can actually be carcinogenic and not oh, good for you, I right? was worried
2: you were going to go there. So
1: so because I I like hope it, people
2: aren't grilling right now. I hope they're finished with that portion of their day. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but
1: uh, because I do like to grill, I wanted to get to the bottom of it, and I okay. found what I was looking for. And, you know, you can find what you're looking for, right? <laughs> I
2: hope it
1: ends well. <laughs> I found what I was looking for in uh, in a magazine. It's called Science Focus Online Magazine. And listen, here's here's the thing. The science of eating is it's a complicated thing. Like we kind of know how to put things together and they even look at at the molecular level, they know how to put the food together and make delicious things. Yes. But once it gets inside of our stomachs, our knowledge of what happens exactly gets just a little bit fuzzy at that mm-hmm. point. Okay. And um, did you know, Michelle, for example, just let me give you an example, that we didn't even know that we had acid in our stomachs until 1825. Like just we just did didn't even know that. Not know it was that. not something that we were aware of. And researchers are just now starting to figure out how important the bacteria that lives in our guts, which we call the microbiome, might be. So there's a lot that we're still trying to figure out from a scientific and a medical standpoint. So understandably, the science is a little bit kind of back and forth and waffly when it comes to answering questions like. Is wine good for you? Or even more importantly, is chocolate good for you? Like that, we, we That's just,
2: just a definite yes. I don't care what people <laughs> say.
1: <laughs> we just don't know for sure. Like there's studies that say it's really good for you. There's studies that say, eh, maybe not so much. So today on the capital of all grilling days, I wanted to talk just a little bit about what does science have to say about grilling. Okay.
2: okay. Yeah. That's, so here we go. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, on,
1: the most, on the most basic level, The smoky flavor and the char that you get from a well-grilled steak, unfortunately, Michelle, they say, is not particularly good for you. When the fat from the cooking meat drips down onto the hot coals, the smoke that forms contains stuff that they call polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons or PAH. And the charred exterior of the meat or the inside, if you like, things done really, really well. You don't like things done that well, do you?
2: I No, I like my meat pretty rare. Pretty rare. Well, pretty so. rare. Okay. Is that better? <laughs> so it, it's
1: actually better for you. Because oh, uh, the, the chard on the outside, or like I said, on the inside, if you really like it done well, is chock full of something that they call heterocyclic aminas, or HCA. And both of these, unfortunately, have been linked in studies, uh, especially um, in particular one that was done by the National Cancer Institute in 1999 to higher rates of colorectal cancers and both the chemicals have been added to the Department of Health's official list of carcinogens, and they've both been on there for quite a while. In 2009, another study found that people who preferred their steaks very well done were 60% more likely to get pancreatic cancer than those who liked them rare or a little bit bloody, which is the way that you like it, a little bit more rare, right? Correct. Okay, so that's a good thing for you. (laughs) Uh, Both compounds have been found to cause tumors in mice and might even cause tumors in humans. They don't know for sure because mice process the chemicals differently than humans do. So there's some, you know, some stuff out there, but they, they haven't really figured it out
2: for and, sure. And you're getting pretty technical. So it's well, impressive. There is some technical we're, we're stuff there, Very yes. scientific.
1: So let's be honest, that's not great news. You know, we don't, we don't want to hear that grilling a steak is going to cause cancer for us, right?
2: Yeah. I don't
1: want to hear that. I know. You don't want to hear that.
2: I want you to turn the page now. I'm going to turn and, the page. And just kind of say all <laughs> things in moderation exactly. or something good. Okay,
1: That's my good. point. That's exactly where I'm going. So you guessed it. This is science. And of course, in science, there's a bunch of caveats. First of all, the first thing to know and understand and to remember, especially on this day of grilling, is that no one has determined what quantity these chemicals become carcinogenic. And so as with most things, as you said, Michelle, eating in moderation, it isn't all that bad for you.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and we're concerned these days about our consumption of red meat anyway. Right, and so right. we're going to keep it to a minimum, but still enjoy a good barbecue, Yes, right? Yes.
1: Yes. So, and, you know, on occasion, I think you're going to be okay. They say there's a couple things that you can do if you're worried about these things. Number one is to cut off the charred parts or just make sure that it doesn't get charred. Uh, you can put some... Tin foil underneath the meat so that the, the dripping fat doesn't create that flare up and that smoke that has the bad stuff in it. They do recommend microwaving your meat 30 to 60 seconds before you throw it on the grill. To me, that doesn't sound right. Like, I'm going to grill my meat, but first I'm going to microwave it. I don't think I like that idea. But
2: Plus, I feel like we could have a whole episode about microwaves.
1: Right, well, exactly. <laughs> there's yeah, There's there a whole, other, thing, a whole so, other area of science that we're for not, not going to get into that today.
2: But um, I, I understand the principle behind it. So. Yeah.
1: So as you said, Michelle, really, the, the, the thing is, I think the message here that I'm taking away from this is moderation in all things. Having a barbecue on occasion just by itself is probably not going to kill you. At least that's what I'm going with.
2: OK, I that's like what that. I, that's what I'm I gathering. Like that. Thanks from this for shedding <laughs> light on that subject. That's food for thought, isn't food it?
1: Food for thought on a, a great day for food, the 4th of July. So today's guest, Michelle, is Alan Christensen. He is the Health Promotion and Wellness Operations Manager at the LiveWell Center here in St. George, Utah. He's a BYU grad. He has a master's degree from the University of Colorado, Denver, and has received his Doctorate of Health Education from A.T. Still University, of health sciences and Alan thanks for joining us we're glad to visit with you today
0: absolutely pleasure being here thank you for having me
1: so I'm curious do you have an opinion on grilling and barbecuing you you work in the industry what are your thoughts
0: um you know I I do like a, a good barbecue um, but I think you touched it it's you know everything in moderation is is huge so being able to balance that uh, which I think a little bit of what we'll talk about today about you know longevity and wellness
1: well it so, I, so let's jump into it. We, we want to talk about the, the name of the show is the Active Life." And we, we try to talk about what that means on a personal level and, and also on a macro level, how we, how we actually achieve that. How can we live the active life? And today we want to talk a little bit, as you alluded to, about longevity and just overall health and wellness. You're in the industry, as I said, what are some things that you see that we need to be thinking about when it comes to longevity?
0: Well, I think that's long when you think of longevity and wellness. I think everyone's going to have their own interpretation of that. Um, you know, looking to the science, uh, Dan Buettner, who is a pretty well known name, it, uh, published uh, the Blue Zone Project. Are you either of you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, I'm not aware yeah. of that. Tell, tell me a little bit about it. I don't know what the Blue Zone is. So, the
0: Blue Zone Project was an effort where they studied actually um, across the world uh, efforts where there were populations with high density uh, individuals who are living past their hundreds, Okay, and they identified five places in the world, uh, one being in the United States at Loma Linda, California, and just they developed nine, basically nine things that took away that we can maybe had started adopting to our lives to help promote longevity and wellness.
1: So you're saying that if you want to live to be 100 years old, your chances are better if you live in Loma Linda, California, is that what you said? <laughs>
0: Well, as from the study, yeah, they, um, so there's
1: going to be a mass migration.
0: Absolutely. Um, no, they've actually recently taken it where they're trying to take these nine practices and tried to encompass them in making practices in communities across the world, yeah, yeah. um, to really change the environment and the culture to promote longevity and wellness.
1: So I know that, uh, Japan is another place where they have a lot of centenarians and there are. Uh, You know, other places around the world. So, you mentioned nine things. Let's talk about a couple of them at least and and share some of the the studies, some of the findings of the study.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the things that I know they promote heavily is the idea of moving naturally. So, being able to be active without even thinking about it. So, it's interesting that you brought up Japan. So, my mother's actually a native from Japan. Okay. Um, So, having been there a lot, it's, it definitely, they have promoted that a lot where, you know, walking, bicycling. Um, the promotion of use of stairs, um, just these things that we take for granted, trying to disincentivize people and taking the elevators by maybe making the elevators a little bit slower. You know, people <laughs> were in the society now. Is that now. what
1: they do in Japan? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that either. There's something to that. Well, you, you think about little...
0: it. You have to wait. If you're going to yeah. wait in the elevator for a long time, you, you get to points well like, I might as well just stairs. take the stairs, right? Yeah. I
1: actually like that idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So it's just these little things that we can be doing more to really promote more active lifestyles. So so moving naturally –
1: yeah. I, I like that concept as well. Sorry to cut you off, Oh, Michelle. I just
2: met a really interesting Octarian, and he said the key to longevity is being able to drop your keys on the floor and bend over and pick them up. Mm. And he Absolutely. said having the mobility to do that is what will cause you to live over 100. That was his, <laughs> his Well, because idea. it's not
1: just about the dropped keys, but it's about living in such a way that when you do drop the keys, you can... you're capable of doing that, exactly. right? Exactly, you're and it, limber. it sounds like the study really emphasized that concept of being able to just live naturally standing up from a couch, um, getting up from a kneeling position, picking up your keys, you know, whatever those natural things are that again, some, some of us take for granted that we take for granted until we can't take them for granted anymore. Right. Absolutely. But if we're living that kind of lifestyle, it feels like what you're saying is the study found that's just going to carry on into a, a longer and a better life.
0: Yeah. And I think it doesn't even have to be anything that's Grand or adventurous. I mean, I have my wife's grandmother had was living with us, and every day she would go out for a walk. Yeah, and the neighborhood became aware of that, and so she was just known as the grandma that walked every day. And so it's just little things like that that I think can make a big difference in an individual's life.
1: Awesome, awesome. I like that. I I love that that as a concept. What are some of the other things they found? I'm Um, not going to hold you all nine of them. No, no. yeah. Another one that comes to
0: mind (laughs) is the focus about about. The priority of loved ones first so the idea that you know having close strong family connections being closely uh, tied and finding efforts to really prioritize that they found it to be a huge effort in longevity
1: i just read a a study just actually it was for last week's show that just really exemplified what you're talking about there and they they found that the in this in the study group and it was a longevity study that they were looking at so you know they took 1,500 people, and they followed them for like a 30-, 40-year time period. They found that the people with the most friends, the people that considered themselves with the most friends, lived longer than the people with the least amount of friends. So there is something really to that concept of social interaction and the ability to have relationships and keep relationships and create relationships. I've seen other studies that say, you know, close relationships are great and very important, but even peripheral relationships can go a long way to your overall health and wellness. The the study I said, even just waving to your mailman and saying hi and smiling and having a relationship, even though, you know, maybe you're not inviting him over for dinner or whatever, those kinds of relationships also can play into a long, happy, healthy life.
0: Absolutely. We have clients at the Live Well Center who actually come, um, and all the classes are kind of focused on having this social network, small groups that work out together. And I would say there's a number of them that actually their number one priority is actually that social connective piece rather than the exercise. The exercise is kind of a secondary, secondary. benefit.
1: And we see that at the Huntsman World Senior Games as well. You know, people are coming to compete. Competition is a reason that they come for sure. But man, they really connect with people. And in many ways and many times, they're coming to the games. They call it a family reunion where they get to be together with everybody once again. And then sometimes they're only seeing them once a year, but it means a lot yeah. to those people to be able to have that connection and to interact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Another one that kind of comes to mind, I think, which is appropriate for the 4th of July is this they had this rule about uh, an 80% rule so that when you're eating that you basically kind of leave 20% Capacity available for nothing.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So the idea, you I know. Don't, I don't. Uh, this I'm, is where Jeff needs I'm, I'm to not be sure here
1: that's today. Today on my plate. I'm, I'm just going to be yeah. honest. That's probably not happening. I, it's today. not
2: a good thing to talk about on the floor. <laughs> you have to have exceptions to yeah, that rule. For sure. but yeah, for the
0: moderation, right? Yeah. But, but for think,
2: 80% of the time, you should follow the 80% rule. That's
0: probably. right. <laughs> you know, that's like right. That. Like so that. you figure for the course of the year, if you could do that 80% and then save that 20% cheat. Uh, <laughs> Days for the holidays, right? I like it. I like it. And of course,
1: uh, you have to consider to some degree the size of the plate as well. You know, and so (laughs) if if, you 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 can leave a twenty percent, but if your plate is like the size of a wheelbarrow, you're probably not getting the benefits there either. And
0: that's what they actually talk about: a strategy of how you disguise to make your your plate or your food look bigger than it actually is.
1: Use a smaller plate, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Alan Christensen. He's the regional director of the LiveWell Center here in, uh, at Dixie Regional Medical Center. And we're talking about longevity and uh, some of the things that we can all do. And it sounds like these are easy things. These aren't things that are overwhelming. They're hard to do, but just a few things that we can all do that can help us live a longer, happier, healthier life. You mentioned that there were nine... Uh, results that they found from this uh, the the blue zone is that what you call it
0: correct the blue zone. Project. So we've
1: talked about a couple of them. Let's hit one more. What's another one that stands out? To um,
0: you? another one I think is the idea the focus around having a purpose. So um, this was kind of originated from Okinawa. They they actually called the term ikigai, um, which is kind of knowing your why when you wake up in the morning. So having a sense of purpose, I think, is you know, I think all of us, when we wake up and we have something that we know that we're excited that we're going to be going to, whether it's work, at home, projects, whatever it is, I think it definitely brings um, multiple benefits in terms of stress reduction, um, excitement. There's probably the endorphins that play in the mix.
2: Productivity um, in general. I yeah. think when you start to lose your productivity, and be, you naturally become more sedentary. And so yeah. that becomes problematic
0: absolutely know
1: your purpose i I like that as well and again to me another one that translates very easily over to the athletes at the huntsman world senior games so often we hear them talking about this is the reason i get up in the morning i get up uh, you know i i i have the aches and pains that everybody has but i still get to the pool because i want to get ready for this event and whatever your purpose is it doesn't have to be the huntsman world senior games doesn't have to be an athletic event it's uh, great if it that's is. That's a great one. That's a great <laughs> one. You know, we'll put it up at the top of the list. Right. Absolutely. Right. But uh, there are other things that are that are great causes and purposes and reasons. And maybe it's your family. Maybe it's a, a relationship with a friend. Maybe it's a volunteer opportunity. Maybe it's uh, a, a project that you're working on. Or maybe it's your job. Whatever it is, knowing your purpose and getting up and having that purpose that keeps you moving forward and and you know driving that way. I, to me, it feels like that's got to be an advantage. That's got to keep you going. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Awesome. Well, uh, we've talked about several things from a longevity standpoint that people can do. Um, being active also has to be a piece of that element as well. Uh, as you're, as you're working with clients that are in their golden years, you know, 50 and above and 16, 70 and 80, what are you seeing that is most successful with them from an activity standpoint?
0: I just think, you know, making it a habit, making a daily ritual, Um, you know, I think like the example of my my wife's grandmother who, it was every day, it was like clockwork. She knew that somewhere in that day she was going to go out and she was going to walk. And again, you know, 30 minutes might not seem a lot, but then when you multiply that by, you know, five, six, seven days... Um, And then you count, you go over the weeks and then you think about the year, how many minutes you dedicate to that. I mean, it makes a huge impact.
1: And, And I think that's the thing to remember is that it's just one step at a time, right? Yeah. I think sometimes we get caught up in the concept of health and wellness and, oh, I can't do it because it's too hard or I don't have the time for it. And it just comes down to starting where you're at and then moving forward from there. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I know it was like years ago I volunteered at the Huntsman Senior Games and, you know, knowing that these individuals are doing amazing things, but it was actually just starting. They had to start somewhere, like you said, and just trying to develop to a point where they, they got. Um, I have a father-in-law who who runs triathlons and he's in his mid-60s and we've done We've done the triathlons together and he's you know he's beat, he's 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 definitely shown me some some areas that I can improve on. But again, I know it's because he's made that a daily effort to continually strive to improve upon. Started somewhere and it's grown and it's gotten better each day as he's put that into practice.
1: One of the best pieces of advice that I ever received from an athlete at the Huntsman World Senior Games just echoes what you're saying there. And uh, he he said to me, "If you want to be active in your 70s, then you've got to be active in your 60s." And if you want to be active in your 60s, then you better be active in your 50s. And if you want to be ready to go in your 50s, then you've got to be getting after it in your 40s. And I just thought, you know, that's so simple. It's such a simple concept. And, of course, it's so logical. But that resonated with me. And I have certainly not been perfect in my activity over the last years, you know. I've had times when I've been more active. I've had times when I've taken time off and and felt the, 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 the sluggy effects of that but i've I've really remembered that, and I've thought that just makes a lot of sense, you know and as i've uh as I've aged and as I've gotten closer to be eligible to compete at the Huntsman World Senior Games, I'm just a few years out now, and i i I feel like it's it's resonating even more with me, you know, like mm-hmm. if I want to be ready, I'm gonna need to continue to try to stay active right now,
0: yeah,
2: and, and buy a bike.
1: <laughs> and possibly by a bike. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle and I have had a, a number of conversations about, you know, what's my lifetime sport right right now? I'm still holding on to wrestling. I know I'm not going to be able to do that forever, but I'm still holding on to it. I do an event once a year and then I help out with the local wrestling team. Um I'm, no, I'm, there's lots
2: of great ways to stay in shape. Yeah. But triathlon might be your sport at the senior games. Mm. So you, and it
1: could be. And I I've done know. a couple of triathlons, and I, I will say that I've enjoyed the challenge of it. Um, I just have never bought a bike. I've always borrowed a bike, and I've always had a, a funny slash horrible story because I wanted to have bike. a better
2: experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's a whole nother show. It sounds
0: like a Fourth of July challenge here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, I've. Uh, Again, I'm up for the
1: challenge of a triathlon. I'm just not sure I'm ready to invest in as much as I am told I need to in a bike. Like to me, a seventy-nine dollar bike from Kmart is the only bike I've ever owned. So yeah. to jump to a seven hundred or a seven thousand dollar bike is a big jump. For so we're going to
2: do some test research and have him do a triathlon <laughs> I'll ride on my little seventy-nine dollar mm-hmm. bike, <laughs> and then a seventy-nine hundred dollar bike, and yeah. then see what the difference is. But yeah. again. That by small means great things are accomplished I think that's, that's
1: our so Helen we've got about a thread. minute left if you had one piece of advice that you would share with somebody who's out there maybe they're on the fence trying to decide is this active life thing for me what would you say to them
0: um, I think the, the biggest thing is yes I mean in, it's, the way I look at it is it's just an investment yeah. that you're putting something in and you're not going to see the results immediately um, I mean, we have a client that comes to mind at the Live Well Center who's like in her 70s right now. And one thing that really stood out to me is she says, because of coming here and making that a practice, I feel like I'm in better shape now at 70 than I was when I was 60, 55. And I just think that's amazing. That
2: is. That's great.
1: And and, and, I, and I love that concept. And we, you know, you just see it. You look around and you see it. And And again, I just want to emphasize that concept of start where you are. Because I think there's a lot of people that are maybe in their 50s or 60s and maybe they're a little overweight and you know maybe they're having some health problems and they just think oh it's too late for me it's too late for me but it's not it's absolutely not they're they're we can make strides we can again start where we are and move forward from there and see changes in our lives in our bodies in our our mental and emotional approach to life it's not too late we have so many athletes at the games that started in their fifties or started in their sixties and they're having a great time right now and they're really enjoying and living life. So great advice. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Hey,
0: thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Michelle, as we've talked, it's July.
2: It is. We have
1: hit July.
2: It's heating up here a
1: little bit. Summer is in full swing for sure. So that means a couple of things. One is that it is getting warmer outside. In fact, some might say it's getting hot outside, which it is. But it's also time to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. We already have over 7,000 registered participants, and we're on track for a record year. If you're interested in being a part of the games, and we hope that you're interested in being a part of the games, register. Get on the get on the website. Get it on your calendar. Use that motivation to help you really live the active life. Registering is very easy to do. Just visit seniorgames.net. Click on register. The process is very simple. It's fast. It's secure. And you can be a part of more than the 11,000 athletes who will compete this year. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. And uh, again, seniorgames.net. Click on register, and you can be a part of the fun. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating, write a quick review. You can really make a difference in helping us spread the word. You also can find this as well as previous episodes right on our website at SeniorGames.net. So check it out. Michelle, our inspirational thought comes from the motivational speaker Brian Tracy, and he says there is no limit to what you can accomplish, except the limits you place on your own thinking. Until next Thursday, stay active.
0: Bye-bye.